Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Punt Intended, a fantasy NBA dynasty podcast. I'm your host, Rhett Bauer, joined as always by my co-host, Travis Fuller. Hey, Rhett, how are we doing today? Oh, you know, just breaking down a 30-team draft. For those of you that are in the league, the Punt Intended 30-team dynasty startup draft we had, thought it'd be a good time to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to go through basically our entire draft. And for anybody in the league that listens to our podcast, please don't take any offense to our breakdown. Uh, we're going to be talking about our favorite picks, some surprising picks, picks we didn't like. Uh, everybody has their own opinion. We respect that. We're not always right either. So uh, please don't take any offense if we rip on a pick or two that you made. Right. It's not that we don't like the pick. They're just, it seemed like some guys went too early. Might have been just like a little bit weird with the team direction. And then the most surprising picks is mostly guys that they were just surprising, whether it went earlier than we thought, but like kind of in the same range or guys that slid really far and just couldn't believe that they were still there at some of these draft spots. So first round, I rigged the draft. (laughs) He really did. I had number one overall. I did a randomizer and the commissioner got the first overall pick. I don't know exactly how that happened, but it seemed sketchy. I asked the league if they wanted to redo it. They said no. So I took Luca number one overall, as it should be. Yeah, easy choice there. Didn't have to think about it much and, and really got the draft rolling. I think within, I think you started the draft and took maybe 10 seconds to make your pick. So that was nice. That's, I was just waiting on fan tracks to load. That's all that was. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Uh, so I ended up getting 23rd pick in a 30 teamer. I had a lot of guys in mind there, uh, a lot of guys I really liked, but didn't really. I wasn't really keen on one guy in particular, so I ended up drafting Brandon Ingram there. Pretty happy with that. Young guy, going to have a very high usage this year with him pairing up with Zion, pretty much running the offense for that team. So uh, I was happy with that pick at 23. For sure. Our favorite pick of the first round had to be James Harden because he went at 17, and that ties together nicely with our least favorite pick, which was LeBron James at 16. And we thought it was a mistake at first. I reached out to the owner and he was dead set on taking LeBron at 16. So if any of you guys have looked at our dynasty rankings, you know that LeBron is not in the first round. He's not in the second round. Well, he would be in a 30 team, but he's very much not a top 20 dynasty asset. He's a top 20 player, obviously, because he's insane, but that's just not good value for a dynasty startup. No, not good value, but it is one of the more ultimate win now moves. But then, you know, you can ask yourself, I'm trying to win now. Why wouldn't I just take Harden in that situation? But, you know, every, like I said, in the beginning of this pod is everybody has their own opinions and 
maybe he's the biggest LeBron fan out there. So uh, that's what makes it fun as well. Can't argue that. Go get your guy. And that's what somebody else did in the first round when they took Evan Mobley at 27. It's just really, really tough for me to take a guy like Mobley on the Cavs that now that invested in Jared Allen, they have Sexton, they have Garland, and then now they have Laurie Markkinen. So Mobley's going to be coming off the bench. And that at 27 seemed pretty early for your best player in a 30-team league. Yeah, I agree with that. When you look at the players that were still on the board, you know, you know Ben Simmons, Michael Porter Jr., uh, just some more proven guys. And, and I, when you're in the first round, you really can't afford to miss on that stud. So uh, I like Evan Mobley as a player. Long-term projection looks to be pretty good, but he still is a little bit of an unknown. So that's the only thing that scares me. And just, just a touch early for me. Most surprising picks of the first round was Cade going at 11 and Edwards going at 24. And now we said these are not necessarily bad picks. They just surprised us because Cade went ahead of LaMelo, Shea, and Booker. And then Edwards went ahead of Levine, Sabonis, Simmons, Michael Porter Jr., and and guys guys like that. So it'll be really interesting to see what their careers look like this year. Anthony Edwards coming off that huge end of the season where he was an extremely, extremely improved player. And then Cade obviously is an unknown, even though he does have an extremely high floor and ceiling. I'm always interested when I see mock drafts or startup drafts to see where Cade goes, because it's, you know, I could see him being in the top 10. I could see him being more towards the twenties. And and we, when we talked about our updated rankings, Cade was a guy that was very difficult for us to place within that top 20 of our rankings. So I always find it interesting to see where he goes. He ended up going 11, um, which, you know, nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Uh, And then you mentioned that Anthony Edwards going 24. Uh, A lot of that probably had to do with the way he ended the season. He's still only 20 years old uh, and uh, just tremendous upside for him. So yeah, we'll, we'll definitely see how his career progresses and let's see if he can build off how he finished last year. Moving on to the second round, I did not make a second round selection at pick one. That meant I had picked 60 and then we did a third round reversal. So my first four picks would have been one, 60, 90, and 91. I did not make a pick at 60. I traded it for Ben Simmons. I traded 60, 121, and 211 for Ben Simmons and 178 to pair Luca and Simmons together. Extremely happy to get that done. It's also the reason now, after having done it, I would not allow draft pick trading during the draft. Just don't do it because the the picks themselves don't mean very much until you put a name to it. And you're like, wow, that's not a very good trade. And so the overall trade here was Ben Simmons. And I got, I got 178. We'll talk about who I got later. And then the guy drafted PJ Washington, Keldon Johnson, and Leandro Bomero. And that just isn't worth Ben Simmons, let alone 178 as well. So just don't allow draft pick trading during your drafts. That was a that was a mistake. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Yeah, we had a, a few different trades that we probably just could have avoided the, the arguments and the mess altogether. But I also utilized a little bit of trading 
to move up uh, three spots in the second round to to draft Fred Van Vliet to pair with my Brandon Ingram. I, I liked him a lot at 35. I have him ranked inside the top 30. So getting him at 35 was was a surprise to me, and I was very happy to do so. Our favorite pick of this round was really easy. It's Clint Capella at 56. We know that Clint Capella doesn't do some things, but the stuff he does is absolutely elite. And he's 27 years old. Getting him at 56 is just great, great value. Yeah. And not only that, you look at who he paired up Clint Capella with, and it was Giannis. So just just even more so, just a phenomenal pick there. A a great pairing for your first two picks and a, a steal at that 56 spot. Moving into our least favorite pick, the guy had 30 and 31, which is an interesting spot to go in because those are your two players. Like you're getting two top 30 dynasty assets and that's how you're building your team. And so you're going to get whoever slides after the first round, and then you're going to reach for whoever you want in the second round. But this was not how I would have done it. He took John Morant at 30 and then Tyrese Halliburton at 31 and some guys that were still on the board at that point, Kevin Durant, Fred Van Vliet, Jaron Jackson, Deandre Ayton, Kyrie Irving, John Collins, I mean, even Lonzo Ball there. It just, those were just not great picks. I, we're pretty low on John Morant as a fantasy player because he just doesn't do anything that above average. And Tyrese Halliburton's ceiling is kind of limited. So just not our favorite picks there. I like the idea of what, he, I mean, obviously staying young, grabbing two guards wasn't a bad thing. But like you mentioned, just looking at who's on the board. I mean, I, I didn't mind the job pick there. A lot of people are higher on him than us. So completely understand that. But then instead of grabbing a guy like Halliburton, who is a little bit limited upside, a great across the board contributor, but not somebody that I can see getting in that top 25 or so as his career progresses. But you had a guy like JJJ still there. And I know some people may be down on him, but that's that's tempting to pass on him at that spot. And then our most surprising pick was at pick 41, McCall Bridges. It's about where we have him ranked, I believe. It's, it's like 10 spots give or take. And it just seemed really early to see him go ahead of Paul George, OJ and Lonzo ball, Jimmy Butler, Vooch Randall. It was just, it was just surprising. I don't, I don't necessarily hate it because we love McCall bridges, but just surprising. Yeah. We have him at 56 actually. So it's, it's a lot earlier than what we thought, but if you look at what he does, uh, he, he's just so stable, so steady uh, in a, in a great pairing he's going to fit with any team. So when you take a a player like him this early, uh, you're not really committing to a build at all. And then you can kind of figure out your build along the way. So, and he fits it all. So it's, it's not too bad. And and like you mentioned, that's why we put him there as a most surprising. Moving on into round three. uh, I made another trade to move up from 90 to 70 to get Mitchell Robinson, which was pretty necessary for my punt free throw build. But you had a guy that was sliding like crazy and could not believe that you got him where you did. Yeah, I ended up trading down. I had a, a player in mind at my original spot. I want to Karis LeVert, for those of you listening. Uh, but I, he ended up going a little bit before me, so I kind of panicked, didn't really like anybody there. A lot of bigs in that area, and I wasn't really looking for a big at the time. So I traded down, ended up getting CJ McCollum at 86, which again, I... I wasn't really coming into the draft thinking, oh man, I'm going to get CJ McCollum on my team. But just at that spot, I felt like he just slid maybe a little bit too far for what he offers. He is going to be 30 this year, 
Uh, but I really like him for, for at least as long as he's on the Trailblazers, whoever, however long that is. And then our favorite pick of the round, a guy you probably wish you had taken and probably would have taken had his extension come in prior to us doing this draft. That's Terry Rozier at 88. He is going to smash that draft position in the next, like over the length of that contract, I would say. He's probably going to be close to a top 50 player and getting that sort of production at the 88 spot is just a really good deal. Could not have worked out better for that guy. Yeah, absolutely. And we discussed this when we talked about that extension. It's just fantastic for Rozier's value. Uh, the next four years, he's going to be right there alongside LaMelo in that starting lineup. And, it, you know, I think he's going to be a top 60 guy as, as far as rankings heading into this year and probably the next year and, and maybe the next year after that. He just has a nice fantasy-friendly game, uh, really improved his shooting. And I would have absolutely taken him there at 86 if if I had known our least favorite picks and most surprising picks, they all kind of lumped together. There was a stretch from 74 to 79 where Josh Giddy, Sengun, Scotty Barnes, and Poku all went from 74 to 79. And you guys know how we feel about Poku. We talk about it often. If, if you believe in Poku, this is not a bad spot to get him. It's just so weird seeing them all of those guys go ahead of guys like Brogdon, go ahead, Draymond, Killian Hayes, Jonas Valanciunas, Patrick Williams, like CJ McCollum. It's just bizarre seeing those names. But if you believe in your rookies, this is the time to get them. It'll be very difficult for you to get a rookie in a draft like this or in a situation like this, because once somebody takes them, they are heavily invested in that player. Yeah, especially when you take them you know, inside the, the top 80, like these rookies went. And I'm glad that you brought that up. Because I know a lot of you out there really want to know where these rookies are going in mock drafts. Obviously, this is a 30 team, just one, just one draft that we did, small sample size. But I mean, these guys are going inside the top 90 in, in most of the mocks that I've seen. So if you're really high on one of these rookies, you're, you're going to have to make a pretty heavy investment to get one. The thing about 30 teams is almost every pick is going to be a reach in some way, shape, or form because you get one pick every third, every 30 or so. So especially for youth. Exactly. Exactly. So again, not, I I personally wouldn't have done it, but if you believe in those guys, that is the cheapest you're probably going to be able to get them. And especially guys like Giddy and Barnes who seem like they're going to get, and Sengun, of course, going to get a ton of opportunity early and heavily invested within from their teams. Not a bad idea. Moving on to round four. I did not have a round four selection because of my prior trades, but you took Sadiq Bay, and it took you a little bit convincing. Well, the reason that I needed the convincing is because I was just absolutely sniped. Sitting there at 95, I had two guys in mind, and those two guys went 93-94, and that was Marcus Smart and Miles Bridges going 93 and then 94. So I really didn't know what to pick. I, I thought about maybe just trading back, but didn't want to trade back. I, I wanted to make sure I get grab another top 100 guy at this spot. So I ended up going with Sadiq Bay. Honestly, not a player I really paid a lot of attention to at the end of last season. Maybe it was just because Detroit not being very good, not being on TV. Um, I'm not really sure what it was, but I I just didn't really pay much attention to him. Went back, looked at his stats, looked at his profile. Uh, and the more I did that, the more comfortable I felt after making that pick. He's a guy that slid under the radar because Detroit was playing their vets and then they weren't playing their vets. And so Sadiq's numbers look a little bit low and it looks like he only played like 26 minutes a game last year. But when he played 32 minutes a game, 
he was close to a top 100 player already. So getting him at 95, somebody who's already finishing close to standard league value, it makes a lot of sense. There was a lot of favorite picks in this round. Obviously, Miles Bridge is going 94. We had Time Lord somehow slid all the way to 103. This was prior to his extension, but even without the extension, we had him easily inside the top 100 in our dynasty rankings. Had Jaden McDaniels going 116. And then Chris Boucher, uh, shout out to our man, Tebby, who got Chris Boucher at 114. Just a lot of value picks for guys that were ended up getting pushed even further and further back in the draft because of guys like Kaminga and Wagner and, and a whole bunch of other rookies that just went earlier than we expected. Yeah, it definitely seemed like this whole range, the 100 to 120 range was just straight youth, all guys, you know, rookies and second year players. Uh, and you were able to find value in there if, you know, if, if you're a team that maybe was looking to compete. Lots of good picks in there. Uh, we, you know, we mentioned Jade McDaniels. You know, we've, we've kind of just continued to creep him up our rankings. And it looks like the, the Wolves aren't going to bring anybody in to compete at that power forward position like we maybe thought that they would. Uh, so that's kind of his show there. And at 116, you really got to be happy with that. Moving into the least favorite picks. Dinwiddie at 98 is almost a full two rounds earlier than what we, I guess it's full, it's a full round. I had him a full two rounds later than this. It's just, he's not a player that has a very fantasy friendly game. We've talked about it before. So don't love getting him at 98, taking him over guys like Fultz or Kemba other guards that kind of make sense more as a fantasy friendly. And then we had Garuba go one Oh nine, which again, just seems a full two, three rounds earlier than what I would have expected. Yeah. The, the Garuba pick was really kind of out of left field for me. If you look at the players that were still on the board, um, the aforementioned Boucher and McDaniels uh, Vassell was there. Just a lot of guys that have kind of shown a little bit of their potential and are in for a little bit bigger season this year, even. Uh, Garuba's a, a really big unknown. You, you really don't know how he's going to progress. It's it's one of those picks that you make and just hope it looks it can look really bad in two years or it can look really, really good in two years. So uh, he's going to definitely take some time to develop, but we'll see. We'll have to watch his career closely. Most surprising, Keldon Johnson going at 91. He could be worth that selection. But again, it's just about the guys he's going ahead of, like Miles Bridges, Marcus Smart, Andrew Wiggins, Sadiq Bay, And then the other guy who's in our most surprising, and that's Kevin Porter Jr. going at 97. That's earlier than we have him in our dynasty rankings, but it's not a surprising spot for him to go. I was just surprised he didn't go earlier. Yeah, with the hype that he has around him, it, it doesn't surprise me that he went inside that top 100. And we're kind of seeing a little bit of a trend, too, where Uh, Once you get into this range, you really are paying a premium to add those assists to your team. Absolutely. So that's the top 120. So we're going to fly through these next couple of rounds. I had Brandon Clark at 150, felt like that was good value. You had Davion Mitchell at 149, which also felt pretty good. I really wanted a rookie. I love Davion Mitchell coming into the year and rookies were just flying off the board so early, so much earlier than I imagined that they would. So I, I had to reach a little bit to grab him, but uh, after a summer league performance, really excited about it. Our favorite picks were Robert Covington at 126 is an absolute steal. Same with TJ Warren at 134. And in our opinions, John Wall at 141. Least favorite picks was Ubre at 121 and Darius Basley at 127. 
both guys, I mean, Ubre was on the Hornets at this point. So we knew he was going to be a backup. And then most surprising picks was Jalen Johnson at 138 and Matisse Thibel at 132. Neither bad selections, both pretty team specific. We know Jalen Johnson's going to be a backup and we know Matisse has limitations, but for team builds, like Matisse does a lot of great things. Going back to our, our favorite picks, love the value of those veterans. Roku at 126, he's going to outperform that for the next two, three years easily. Warren, the same way if he can stay healthy. Same with Wall. Those guys, it's more of a question of health with them, and, and they'll definitely outperform their draft positions pretty easily. And the Uber pick, I didn't mind, but like you said, we knew where he was. We knew he was going to be a backup. He's going to get under 30 minutes on that uh, Hornets team this year. So it, it was kind of a surprising that he still held the value. I mean, 121 is is where he may have been picked last year and, and his value has dropped off a little bit since then. But overall, a pretty good round. And I know we were both really happy with our picks there in that round. Absolutely. Got some guys that just probably just shouldn't have been there, but it's, it's all good. Speaking of guys who shouldn't have been there, round six, I took Andre Drummond at 171. Now, we've talked about him before, backing up Embiid. He's an injury away from being a top 50 player, and then even more so in my punt threes and free throws. And then I got Emmanuel quickly at 178. And then you got your boy, well, he was your boy, Laurie Markin <laughs> at 152. And then you took Dennis Schroeder at 155, which we kind of went back and forth on Schroeder a little bit, but I know you're happy with that. The I needed assists, and you know, assists are a premium once you start to get this late in the draft. I think the hate on Schroeder has gone a little bit too far in the other direction. Look, we, we know he's not a good NBA player. He's not worth $80 million like he could have signed for. But at the same time, it, he does give you decent numbers. He's going to get minutes. He's going to get you know 26 to 30 minutes as the sixth man for the Celtics. And I think he, if he has a solid season, he can get another decent contract the following year with another team where he's going to get some playing time. So I know the the negative stigma around him as being a bad NBA player, it almost kind of hurts his fantasy stock a little bit. And I was just trying to take advantage and grab him there at 155. You want to talk about bad NBA players? We're talking about Andre Drummond in the same sentence. So that's that's just kind of <laughs> where we were at here. Our favorite picks of this section was Tebby is in our 12-team league, and he knows how much I love Nerlens Noel. And he took him three picks before I was able to take him. And he traded up to do it as I was trying to trade up to get him and just absolutely hate it. So I've got words for Tebby. And then also Josh Hart going 176 is a good deal. Denny Avdia going 172 was our least favorite because we knew about the Russell Westbrook trade at this point. So that's a super crowded rotation and a guy who's coming off injury, which is just not usually somebody worth taking this early. I know it, there's some risk involved in everything, but it's just about 30 spots ahead of where we had him in our dynasty rankings. And then most surprising Sharif Cooper going 163. We do have a minor spot in the league, which matters because he can just sit there and not take a roster spot, but he's in the G league. He's on a two-way contract, but that's just really, really early. Yeah. I, I was really surprised to see him. I know the hype around him and his ability is is legit, and it's. I know I, we hear about him a lot, but I I don't know when he's going to get to play. I mean, Trey Young isn't going anywhere anytime soon, and I I mean maybe he can become the backup within the next couple of years, but even still, that you just don't see the ceiling for him at least within the next three to five years uh, at one sixty three. Uh, and and you mentioned the Nerlens pick, love that as well. Uh, I didn't mind 
the didn't he have D Hop pick too much. Uh, just maybe maybe a little bit too early, given how crowded that rotation has been. But he still is a little bit of an unknown. He didn't really get a a fair shake last year with that injury. Uh, but he will have to earn his way uh, to minutes this year. Absolutely, and there was an article coming out in the Athletic not that long ago talking about Fdia being more of a ball handler with the second unit, so that could boost his value quite a bit. Seventh round, I didn't have a draft selection because of all my other trades. You took Precious Achua at 188, which we really liked. Bobby Portis went 195, which we thought was great. Santi Aldama went 194, which we did not like at all. And then B-Ball Paul, Paul Reed went 182, which... We just have no idea where he's going to go. Yeah, I wanted to make sure we mentioned Paul Reed because we everybody in the fantasy basketball circles knows who Paul Reed is and what he potentially could be capable of if he can just earn a spot on that 76ers rotation. Who knows if he will this year? Who knows if he will next year? But he is only 22. He's definitely a stash. Uh, and like Rhett mentioned, we do have a G League spot, basically a minor spot. And him going at 182, it was surprising just because we didn't know where he'd be. He's a guy that I think everybody wanted, and there was like a, a big sigh when he got picked because I know all the other 29 teams were probably wanting him at some point. Yeah, everybody was in the chat like, oh, yeah, uh, uh. <laughs> it's like you're 23 spots back. What are you whining about? Uh, moving on to eighth round, I drafted O'Shea Brissett which I'm happy with as a Pacers fan. You did not have a draft selection in this range. And then our favorite pick here, Aaron Neesmith going at 216. Love him on the Celtics. I really like what he can do, and he should be able to do this year, even though they do have some wings. Least favorite was Balmero going at 211, and then Ball Ball going at 219. Most surprising, Kendrick Nunn going 233. That's like 30 spots behind where we have him in our dynasty rankings. Yeah, Nunn, he, he signed, uh, I believe, what was that two-year deal? Yes. With the with the Lakers, so and he's still relatively young. Uh, he's going to play off the bench for them, and then he's going to be a free agent before we know it, uh, and potentially land in a, a really good spot. So at two thirty three, really good value there. And Nesmith, we've talked about him before, and and we'll mention him once we do more of our our team breakdowns with the Celtics. There's a role for him on that team on the second unit. There's going to be a big role for him if there's a potential injury uh, with one of the wings. They're not very deep uh, at their small forwards spot. So he's, he's a guy that can really earn some playing time this year. And it was a really good pick there. Ninth round. I did not have a draft selection. You took Marcus Morris at two forty-eight, which is just awesome. Especially with Kawhi out this year, he's going to be a really, really good player for that draft spot. A couple of our favorites were Derek favors going at two sixty-nine. He'll probably be a top 100 player this year on OKC how many games he plays and, and all of that. We, we saw that with Horford. We don't know. But then Zach Collins going at 259. I know you don't like Zach Collins, and I know we trashed him <laughs> based on the contract he got from the Spurs a couple pods ago. But for what he can do and for this draft range, not a terrible pick. No, not at all. And he has all the time in the world to, to get healthy this season, utilize that time get healthy. Thad won't be there for very long. He's in a final year of his contract. So there is a spot for Collins moving forward if he can just stay healthy. And at 259, that's a really good gamble. Least favorite pick, BJ Boston going at 243. We're pretty sure that 
Travis talking about him on one of the pods as this draft was happening influenced this pick, which is kind of funny to think about. And then our most interesting, most surprising was Oladipo going at 247. Just a guy who, again, is worth noting where he might go in some of these mock drafts or, uh, or startups. Yeah, Oladipo, extremely interesting. I was, you know, it was almost like everybody forgot about him, maybe, is it, but it just shows the value his evaluation and how much it has dropped with those injuries. Uh, you know, we just, it's hard to say if he's going to be the same player moving forward. And he has proven when he is out there that he's a good player, but at this point it's, it's a big risk knowing how many games am I going to get out of this guy. And he's, he's not getting any younger. Exactly. Moving on to the 10th round. I took Eric Bledsoe at 271 and Edmund Sumner at 284. I'm a Pacers fan. We'll just, that's it. Aaron Holiday went at 290, which we thought was really good. And then Grayson Allen going 293 was also very good. You didn't have a draft selection here because of other trades. We didn't really have a least favorite pick here because it's the 270 to 300 range. Like We can't say anything bad about any of these draft picks because we don't have any clue what they're going to do. Yeah. And your pick uh, was so interesting how fortunate you got with the Bledsoe pick at 271 was I want to say when that trade was announced... Bledsoe to the Clippers. You were maybe, I think your turn up was up in six spots. Yes. It was really close. Yes, it was. Immediately like, well, Bledsoe, I remember texting you like, well, Bledsoe's the next pick now because he's definitely. I said, I said for sure next three (laughs) and then it didn't happen. So I just, yeah, it was just overlooked a little bit or maybe the teams ahead of you were just going youth, which was a big trend in in this draft. Um, And and you got some real good value there and a a player that will a hundred percent be better than 271 per game without a doubt Rubio going 285 was also very good he is a backup on Cleveland but we know what assists are in these drafts and being able to get a guy who will get you five assists and over a steal is very very helpful for you contending teams I would not project for Bledsoe and Rubio to go in the 270, 280 range in most mocks or startups. I think this one was just very youth favored. Moving on to round 11, I took Udoki Azubuki at 330, and then you took Justice Winslow at 308 and Boogie Cousins at 329. Really like the Winslow pick. Boogie was a long shot. Boogie was because I had zero centers on my team at this time, and I panicked. <laughs> you remember earlier when he was talking about the centers he didn't want to take in the third round? He just continued to do that until yeah, the 11th. Pretty much all the way down. I don't know. Boogie is what he is. Hopefully, he can get 12 minutes somewhere. But uh, Winslow, I really liked him at 308. I was surprised he was still there. He's a year removed from being a somewhat decent player, and he's still only 25. So to get him in the 300s, definitely okay with that. Our favorite picks were Landry Shamit and Alex Caruso. Shamit going 309, Caruso going 313, which is just a really good deal for two guys that should have roles on their current teams. And then most interesting, most surprising, Hassan Whiteside going 321. <laughs> I, it's just... You got to mention Hassan. Yeah, you can't, you can't not have him in there. And as soon as he went, we talked about it. It's like... If Gobert somehow gets hurt or if something happens, maybe he licks a microphone again. Whiteside has potential to be a top 20 guy if he can get 25 minutes on that team. I don't know if that's going to happen, but there's always that possibility. And when you're in this late, it's always worth a home run to take a player like that. You might as well. How many players in the 300s are you going to get that has a top 10 
finish in their bag. And you got one of them too in Boogie Cousins. So there you go. There pick, you go. <laughs> pick justified. The 12th round, I took Casey Akpala at 331. I think he's going to have a role on the heat. You took Kent Bazemore at 353. He will have some sort of role on the Lakers. We didn't know if it was going to be him or Matthews or Monk and just generally didn't have a clue there. Favorite pick was Troy Brown at 336 on the Bulls. Less so now that they have Derek Jones Jr., but we just thought with the wing rotation for Chicago, Troy Brown's going to play. And then we had Jeremy Lamb going 333 and Vernon Carey Jr. going 352 as our surprising picks because Jeremy Lamb was borderline top 100 player this year. He was hurt. He didn't play very much for the Pacers, so that matters and then Vernon Carey Charlotte doesn't have a very deep big man rotation so he could potentially get minutes too both of those pretty interesting how late that especially Lamb to me how late he dropped because obviously you know this better than anyone in any Pacers potential trade he is the guy I always seen thrown in there just for salary match matching purposes so he could easily be on the move and be in a different rotation on another team and and he's really a solid player when he when he's able to get 20 to 23 minutes. So really good get at 333. Troy Brown Jr., man, I was really hoping to get him. I, I didn't have a Chicago Bowl, and I ended up taking Winslow over Caruso uh, just because I liked Winslow's value a little bit more there, and I thought, okay, I can bank on getting Troy Brown here with my last pick, and unfortunately, nope. that, that did not happen. No, absolutely not. And then the very last round, it's a crapshoot. 377, I took James Johnson because I think he'll play on the Brooklyn Nets, and that's really all you're going for in round 13 of a 30 <laughs> team is somebody who might play. And then the guy I was going to take, but I decided to be nice and, and tell you to take him instead, was JaVale McGee at 368. We don't have any favorite picks or least favorite picks or surprising picks because it's the 350 to 390 range. Like, what are we? There's no favorites at all. Yeah, it is what it is at that point. We're just out. Uh... Hoping to find somebody that is in the NBA and playing basketball at this point. (laughs) (laughs) The bar is low for sure. So that is our 30 team draft. The projections on basketball monster have Travis finishing, I believe ninth in per game. And then I am finishing about 17th in per game. I have an average age of 25.2. He has an average age of 27. So just kind of interesting to see what that age slash per game production is going to look like. Obviously, those later rounds, taking guys like Akpala, Azabuki, and Sumner just really, really drag that per game production down for me. Whereas you were taking guys like Boogie, which might tear down your per game projection, (laughs) but just, it just is really interesting to see what those later rounds do and how that affects your projections. Yeah, definitely. You kind of just figure it out along the way. At least that's how it was for me is I just, when we got in those two hundreds, I just found a lot of value with the veteran players versus uh, having a a stash guy who's not going to play, just kind of sit on my bench and, you know, it's just a wild card. I mean, we, I know we flew through this draft pretty quickly. If you have any questions or curious about where any individual player may have gone in our 30 team draft, uh, just let us know and we will definitely get back with you and, and let you know some ranges of where certain players went. And if you want us to expand on any thoughts, why somebody was our favorite, least favorite, or most surprising picks, we're absolutely more than happy to do so. We might even put that in part of the mailbag because we are doing a mailbag episode here pretty soon. We have a couple trades, a couple questions. Be sure to get those in so you can be included in that episode. We're also planning on doing a punt intended 12-team mock draft 
to talk about on the show. So if you're interested in doing that, let me know. We might have some industry people in there. We might have some listeners in there. Just get a good, good range of people doing things. As always, please give us a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. We can't thank you guys enough for the words that you've given us and the ratings and all of that. We just appreciate your support. Be sure to check everything out over at hoopdashball.com. We've got draft guides. We've got team recaps, all sorts of good stuff out there. Fantasy Pass members can go check out our Dynasty rankings. We expanded from 150 to 250. Talked about that last episode. Be sure to check those out as well. Thank you once again for tuning in. We'll see you guys again next time. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.